Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, and this is Geeks Worldwide presents Pressing Key. I am, of course, your host, Michael Schluger. And this is episode 277. We have a fantastic show for you. Uh, let me introduce the crew. Uh, we have Jay Rich, the uh, guy forever stuck looking at his uh, iPhone there. Uh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. It's just the best. Uh, yes, it's true. Uh, returning uh, from last week, Yahel. Thank you so Hello. much for joining us. And uh, a new guest host, the uh, former host of the Alt Brown podcast, uh, Sherry R. Rizvi. Hi. Did, I, did I butcher that? Did I say that correct? No, you got you got it right. All right, good. I'm just making sure. I worry about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots of stuff to do. talk about. Uh, lots and lots of stuff to talk about. It's funny because we, you know, we went through that sort of um, dry period for the past like three, four weeks where there wasn't much to talk about. And now E3 is almost upon us. We have one week to go. Uh, so lots of stuff is starting to come out. So uh, a couple of things. First of all, we are going to be live streaming two of the conferences. Um, the Microsoft one on Sunday. Uh, that one is going to be at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So you can watch it live with us and uh, hear our thoughts. And we'll be live streaming the Sony one, which is going to be Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll be live streaming both of those. Um, the other ones are during work hours. So I, I don't think most people will be able to watch it unless, like, your job doesn't care. Um, so, yeah. But those two we're definitely going to cover. Um, we also have a quick PSA for you. Uh, we always like to let you guys know whenever free stuff is available. And so right now, there is a free game available on Steam called Outland. Uh, this game was released back in 2011. It's an Ubisoft game. Um, and honestly, I don't remember this game coming out at all. Do you guys remember this game coming out at all? No. Not this, at all. Uh, no. this fantastic deal was the first I heard of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, which is like weird, right? Because it's like a major meet. Yeah, it's like, and you know, it appeals to me because it's like Metroidvania meets Ikaruga. So it's like, I should have known about this, but I didn't. Right. Yeah. And wait, did I, when did I say it came out 2014? When did, did I say 2011? It was 2011. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the release date says 2014. Interestingly. Enough. Um, I, I think it didn't, maybe it didn't, maybe the PC port or something. Let me maybe, see. maybe it's the PC port. That's what it might be. Yeah. The, the article that, yeah, I the original games, the, I guess the original game came out in 2011, but the PC port was in 2014. That's why it looks like that. But yeah, listen, it's free. Um, it's Ubisoft. So, you know, it's going to be a solid game at the very least. Um, check it out. Can't hurt. I know I'm going to check it out. Yeah. yeah it's free. Be free. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, and yeah, Ubisoft's pretty good about that. They've released a lot of their stuff for free. Um, and it looks nice. It looks nice. Anyway, let's talk about what we came here to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, since we're talking about Steam, let's talk about that real quick. Um, the news as Steam is Project Greenlight is over, officially over. Those uh, they they closed that thing down, and there's going to be a new policy. It's a very interesting policy. Um, in that I think it's going to generate a lot of controversy. Um, all you need to put your game on Steam is now $100. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just pay 100 bucks, and your game is on Steam. And you get the $100 back. Once your game has generated $1,000 worth of sales, you get the $100 back. So um, I'm, I'm going to sort of just really quickly summarize the controversy around this who, for those that might not be in the know. Um, it's good because anyone can get their game on steam. It's bad because anybody can get their game on steam. That's, that's yeah, well, what it boils down to. The first question I've had have is whether that thousand dollars is also tied to the, 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 that whole trading 
card thing if they decide to do something else like that? No, I don't think it's tied to that at all. I, I think it's just pure sales of your game, not like from right. any money generated from the free trading card thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good question. Um, so now would that count? Uh, now would that count something like would that count microtransactions within the game? That's because also that, good question. It would be interesting if it didn't, because then like. So if Dota got released today, like you, would, they would never get their money back for it if it was just off purchases of the game because Dota's a free-to-play game. Right. Like, that's interesting to think about. Like, the implications, if it doesn't count microtransactions, then that's, like, that's just free money for Steam on a lot of games that they're never going to have to pay back. Well, I guess, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, the developer, you know, if they're making their money off the microtransactions, then really the hundred dollars isn't going to make a big difference to them one way or the other. Right. It's not going to make a big difference to the developer, but it's going to make a big difference to Steam when they get a free hundred dollars from every free to play game that goes up on Steam. You know? Well, I think I think it's unfair to say it's free. I mean, they're providing the platform for distribution. You know, no, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I'm saying like they, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting way to make a you know a it's it's easy money for Steam. Yeah, it's a risk-free hundred dollars, basically not free. Yeah, but risk-free oh, yeah. hundred dollars for Steam. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know if they mentioned specifically microtransactions, but I'm gonna see if anyone comments about that. But let's assume, let's assume, sure, let's assume that they give the money back with microtransactions. The more important thing to look at is Steam's library has, I, I believe, it doubled or tripled in the last two years. And most of it right. is shit. Like, yeah. like there's thousands and thousands of games available on Steam. Most of them are garbage. So, but I mean, that's that's true of like the gaming landscape in general. Like, that's true. Thousands I would say and thousands of games, and most of them are bad. I would I'd say, say any, I'd say anything. I would say most games that come out are not good. Like, well, most, see, most it's, video it's a lot games more that are expensive. Are not Hold on, it's a lot more expensive to get your game out on Xbox or or Microsoft or uh, PlayStation or whatnot. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know, obviously, so you'd say a majority of those those titles are good though that come out. You would say over fifty percent of games that come out on Microsoft on Sony on the PlayStation and Xbox are good games. I don't know if I would say that over fifty. Maybe not good, but so they pass like some, some some like quality assurance. Like I, as far as I know, you don't have many games with like you know at Unity assets. Just on, on someone, someone had to have greenlit those games. The the publisher at some point was convinced that that this was a good idea, right? There's very few self-published games that come out. There are a few indie games, obviously, but by and large, um, most people still go through publishers, and right. they were convinced that this was a good game. Whereas that's that's no longer a barrier for Steam. You just put there, put on whatever the hell you want. So, yeah, it's oh man, I, I I just don't see how it ends well. I mean, I know that they said that they're going to have both um, human like, like like some kind of system where people look at some of the games, right? Some of the other ones are like kind of um, go through an algorithm instead to like filter them out. But I don't know. That doesn't sound like a great system. Like, how do you decide which games get looked at by a human, which ones don't? Uh, is it maybe somebody that's published a few games and they've done X amount of sales? Maybe they just get pushed through the algorithm. Like, like they didn't really give out any details, which does make it feel like Steam is just trying to make, uh, like Jay was saying, an easy hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent point, right? So now there's going to be as as much of a as much of a downpour of games as there was before. Now it's going to be a deluge. And you know, how do we as the customers figure out what the hell to even play, right? How do I think we it know? Was a, especially with Greenlight, it was like you pay the fee and you get added to a voting pool. So no guarantees there. Right. But now Steam Direct, there's, you know, even that, uh, it's going to be so that much easier. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, do you, I'm going to look it up right now. How many games are on Steam? I believe it's around 10,000. I'm going to double check. Uh Oh yeah, the power of the internet. <laughs> um, now, if I remember, what the green light fee was roughly a hundred or so, or is that was it more or less? Yeah, um, yeah it was it was a hundred bucks to enter like the. It pool. was a hundred bucks, okay. but you had to do the voting thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, the voting thing to be added to the pool, which there weren't as there wasn't much guarantee on that. 
Which, I, I mean, and that's not really fair either, I don't think, to the developer. So, I mean, I don't know what the fucking answer is between, uh, you know, what they're doing now and uh, the, the green light system. But I don't know that this feels like too easy for anybody with 100 bucks to just jump in. By the way, yeah. I wasn't far off. It's uh, currently at about 9,383. Be interesting to see in a year where that number is yeah. at. Yeah, so yeah. last year, and I literally have the forum posts that tell me uh, when, when people were talking about this, last year uh, it was at 7,000. Mm. Right, so it went from 7,000 last year to over 9,000. And now it's going to be, I can't even imagine, it's going to be 13,000, 14,000. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. We'll, I don't we'll, know I'd how. say we'll hit at least 13 by the end of this year. At least and Steam isn't known for like bringing in a lot of people. I, I maybe they'll outsource it, but uh, you you know you brought up that point earlier. You hell of how are people gonna look at this and figure out what's good, what's bad? That's gonna be hard. It's gonna be really really hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it works yeah. for Steam right now, like as far as like community reviews go. Like that's mostly how people determine. Or are you talking about like actual quality control? Well, I mean, I even, both. Yeah. Yeah. Even even with because the I mean like the. The community can determine if a game is quote unquote good, like whether or not people will like to play it. But like the massive deluge of just games that are like not ready for prime time are gonna is gonna be huge, like you said. Like mm. anyone with a hundred dollars can just now get their game on Steam. Like pretty much. That's bad. That's bad. That's a and bad also mentioned you know the whole you know uh, asset flipping market. Like it's gonna be much yeah. worse if it's going direct. Well, it's interesting because I last last week we talked about a story where uh, people were exploiting the the card trading system built into Steam to that's make money. Was going to be the next thing I said too. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's also going to be. They're also going to have to step up their efforts on that front as well. Uh, but yeah, we're obviously going to keep an eye on this one. Um, I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube that talk about like the worst games on Steam, and uh, they're pretty funny to watch just to get like an idea of the like utter awfulness that exists on steam right now yeah, yeah i think uh, uh jimquisition is often on point in yeah in showing all the, the crappiest games and of course doing you know the legwork of uh you know uh sharing you know these kind of unscrupulous developers pretty much pretty much yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep a close eye on it, but uh, in the interest of time, uh, because obviously we, we have to do E three predictions, duh. Uh, we're gonna keep it moving. I did want to talk about one more PC story, and this was very very interesting to me. Um, the CEO of Fig uh, gave a recent um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a, a keynote speech, I guess. Um, and so Fig, for those of you who haven't been following the show for a long time is a crowdfunding platform similar to Kickstarter. Um, the difference is it's curated. Uh, that's one, that's the, the first difference. Um, basically people submit their games to FIG. FIG decides whether they want to put the game on the site or not. And the other aspect of it is that you can actually um, invest in it. So you're not just, I mean, you can pre-order the game if that's what you want, but if you have like $10,000 burning in your pocket, you can actually invest in the game and, uh, make a portion of the profits depending on how well the game does. So uh, one of the things he basically mentioned is that Kickstarters are basically starting to decline now. We're seeing less and less successful uh, gaming Kickstarters. Um, and it's for a bunch of reasons, one of which is that major developers are starting to kind of exploit the system as well and use it to fund some of their games, just like we saw with Shenmue 3. It was one of the biggest ones uh, cited, but there's a bunch of others. Um, and he talked about how, and I thought this was a really interesting thing. There have been, I think, 17 games. I'm going to see right now. He talked about this, that Fig has done total. So Fig has only had 17 games that they have you know, put up for pre-order and all that stuff. And I'll tell you right now, um, something like only 11 were successful. Uh, nine. 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 Yeah. Nine. So that's not, that to me is already not good. Um, yeah. I, part of it, I imagine, is that I think Fig is one of those things where 
not as many people know about it as they know about Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that is some aspect of it. But there's been a lot of recent high profile. Um, um, what, what do you want? What do we want to call them? High profile failures. High profile disappointments. Like, disappointments. Yeah, I would say disappointments or yeah, not bombs, even I though guess, but. like yeah. Well, like the name that comes to mind is Mighty Number no. Nine, which nine. was successful, but the game itself Ooh. failed. Who boy? <laughs> and, and and if you remember, before Mighty Number no. Nine even came out, they were trying to kickstart a second game called Red Ash, that was sort of based on the Mega Man Legends archetype, and that one wasn't even successful. That one didn't even like meet its goals. Um. But there's been others, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't uh, No Man's Land, No Man's Sky start off as a Kickstarter as well, or no? I don't recall. I'm, I'd have to double check that one. But my number nine, um, Yokulele, has obviously been met with a lot of disappointment. A lot of people have mm-hmm. expressed un- unhappiness uh, with that one. Um, Project. Can I, uh, can I? Can I do a Yokulele rant real quick here? Go ahead. Oh. Thirty seconds. So. I'll tell you why everyone's disappointed with that game. It's because Banjo Kazooie isn't as good as you remember it. That's it. <laughs> like oh, that game plays exactly like Banjo Kazooie, and everyone's just mad that the game's not as good as they remember it being. I that's see. it. Like if, I, I think if, if a... Banjo Kazooie was straight re-released today, under like just like somehow they were about to just wipe the entire planet's memory of Banjo Kazooie, and they released it, even with HD graphics, but the same exact engine, people would hate that game. They would call it a collectathon. <laughs> They would say it's dumb. They would say the story doesn't. Make, it, it would be a disaster, and everyone just wanted to like. Everyone wanted to go home again, and they can't. They realized that with ukulele. Sorry. Anyways, continue. Uh, I think that's probably a fair criticism. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, that's. I think uh, there's kind of a trend with all these, you know, these uh, crowdfunded games where they're kind of basing their uh, their appeal off nostalgia. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, without question. Yeah, remains to be said whether that's sustainable in the long run, even on Fig's side. Um, so let me ask you this: Do you feel like uh, we're going to see sort of a, a drop off of games that are? Because what I'm noticing is that while there are still plenty of games that are kickstarted, I'm noticing that more and more of them are just barely meeting their goal. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas before you would have like the game would do 10 times whatever its projected goal was. Um, now I'm seeing a lot more games that are just squeaking by basically or maybe doing 10% better than than what they intended for. Um, you feel like that's going to be a trend? Do you feel like developers are going to be moving away from Kickstarter or you, you think it's here to stay? Oh, man. I mean, I, I, I. I just think people are burnt out on them. First of all, there, there, there was like this era, which, you know, he Fig talks about, uh, the, the Fig article talks about a little bit how there was like this era where there were just a ton of Kickstarters getting uh, funded and people just kind of get burnt out on that kind of stuff. And then when you see and hear about so many disappointments, I mean, people have trepidation about doing pre-orders now, let alone a game that's, you know, just trying to get funded, you know? So I, I can see why why it's waning, you know? I, I, I'm a, I, I mean, I'm a, big fan of gaming obviously and i've donated to one and after i did it i was like why did i do that i was that was, that was stupid <laughs> and it was ukulele <laughs> it's funny yeah. because i've actually kickstarted I... like 10 games easily and not all of them have come out even though it's been years project phoenix is probably the biggest one that i funded that still isn't out and there's nowhere near to being released and i don't know if i'll ever see it come out but i did uh i did planescape i did um I'll tell you right now, I'm going to pull them up right now and tell you guys. So while, while you pull that up, I think the big thing with Kickstarter is that they are, Kickstarter games are pulling off of a very small percentage of gamers that are willing to give money for something that they may not get or that they have to wait for. And so the more orders that end up coming out, the more that are competing for that same. Mm-hmm. I think the number of people willing to kickstart a game is not growing at the same speed of greedy developers being like oh shit we don't have to pay for our game we can make other we can make people pay for us to develop it and then still buy the game i'm gonna do that like i, I would argue the number of people willing to do it is decreasing if anything right yeah if anything it's going down if not plateauing like i i completely agree with that yeah 
I, I do like Fig's um, idea behind you, you know getting these projects funded. It doesn't seem like they're particularly successful right now, but you know, like, like you were saying, it could be just because they're not very well known to begin with. I mean, they have right. some big names behind it. You know, Tim Schafer obviously being one of the bigger ones uh, behind this one, but they also have. Um, isn't the guy I know Cliffy B is on, on there? Yeah, Cliffy B. I think you have a uh, who else? The uh, get the, the name Phil, but, uh, not Phil Spencer. Damn it! Well, I'm gonna, not uh, Phil Spector. I don't think. Not uh, hold on. I'm trying to remember all the all the guys. Um, so you got Justin Bailey, Brian Fargo, Aaron uh, Isakern. Um, you got Alex Rigopoulos, who is the co-founder and uh, chief creative officer from Harmonix. Um, Tim Schaefer, who I already mentioned, and then uh, Fergus uh, Urquhart, who is the CEO of Obsidian Entertainment. And, and just to mention, they do have projects on FIG, so they do have an interest in seeing this succeed. Right. And right now, there's, there's four games um, on there. Uh, two are in development. Uh, one you can invest in, and the other one, I think, um, completed. Yeah. Right. So. so what I'm wondering is, you know, after, you know, I think, uh, are, the, are the board members going to keep, you know, basing their projects on FIG? Because... It lets them consolidate their uh, uh, consolidate their profits, or is it just like kind of their their like old boys club, or will they open it up eventually? No, I mean you can if you have the money. Like they're taking investments now. It's it's they're cheating a little bit. So the game that's taking investment now is uh, Pillars of Eternity Two, which is game by Obsidian Entertainment. So one of the board members is obviously also the CEO. Hmm. So, and you know the first one got funded fairly well on Kickstarter. Um, now he just moved it over to FIG. That's the only reason it's successful. But they, they here they raised four times the goal to make the game. So mm -hmm. there's clearly, you know, some crowdfunding, but also I, 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 I think we're going to see more and more people fall off. Um, what's, that, what's that other space game that I've ranted about before? Oh, Star the, Citizen? Uh, Star no. Citizen. I thought you were talking about uh, what's it called? Uh, oh God, mining simulator in space. Uh, space oh. engineers? Or... No, no, no. He's, he's he's talking about um, shit. I, the, I've the MMO. my memory because it's so goddamn stupid. Um, yeah, Eve Online. That's the one. No, 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 no. Okay, keep talking. I'll figure out what it is. All right. Uh, by the way, I did want to say I was totally off about No Man's Sky. I don't know why. I no Man's Sky. Were, yeah. I, I don't know why they thought they were kickstarted. They totally were not. Uh, yeah. But you know, people have funded that one like crazy, and uh, there's still nothing there. By the way, for the record, Star Citizen made mm, looks like two million dollars in the last month. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Seems like a drop off from before. Oh, it's definitely dropping off. They had a high of like, Jesus, seven million back in November of last year, and uh, you know their low point looks like was a million in March, and they were given. This is just people buying fake spaceships that haven't come out yet. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, in May, they raised two and a half million, roughly. It's crazy, but mm -hmm. I don't want to get derailed by that. Um, I think, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, one of the highlights of last year's E3 was the Shenmue 3 reveal. Mm -hmm. Is that last year, right? I'm not crazy. I think so. Yeah. Either last year or year before. Yeah. So that was a big thing. That was a big deal. Um, I'm kind of curious if they're going to pull that kind of trick again. Um, and I think if they did, it would backfire on them severely, but let's talk a little bit about rather than Sony, let's talk about Microsoft, uh, because this is Microsoft's E3 to win, and this is Sony's E3 to lose. Microsoft has a lot running on this E3. Riding, not running. Riding on, yeah. on this E3. Um, so let's start off by talking about, I think, this deep dive study that was recently released on Ars Technica. Um, 
so they did this in a, in a partnership with with a couple of other um, a couple of other groups. And long story short, they used an Xbox One API that was publicly available to scrape profiles from Xbox Live. Just sound like just like that scraping sound you're hearing just a moment ago. <laughs> uh, th- thank you for the sound effects. I appreciate that. And uh, the the information that they gathered is not 100% accurate, right? Because they're basically scraping profiles. But it gives us a really good idea, if, even if it's not 100% accurate, of where Xbox is at. And I would say it's not in a good place based on what we're seeing here. So um, let's drill down a little bit. The first thing that pops out is the fact that while a lot of people seem to want uh, backwards compatibility, very, very few people actually make use of the backwards compatibility. And when I say very little, I'm talking about one to two percent of all the Xbox One, all the Xbox One users were using backwards compatibility, which is atrocious. Yeah. Well, I, I think the the way that the article puts it, it's not the percent, and I could be wrong because there's a lot of information in the article, but it wasn't the percentage of users, it was percentage of time spent. Right, um, time, time spent. But which I, I, mean, I know that that's, you know. Same thing, essentially. Yeah, it's not good either way. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The, as far as time, you know, as long as they get the money, um, uh, maybe they're still, they're still you I mean, know, laughing I, to the bank. I mean, I was but I think, at, you know. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think it does uh, speak to, you know, that whole nostalgia uh, appeal where it's like, you know, we like the idea of having access to these old school games, but then when we actually we like step back theory. and play them. Yeah, in theory. Like, we like the idea of having access to these uh, retro games as, you know, we're, we're a little older and we have experience with the older systems. But then when we actually play it, we play maybe, like, I, I can speak for myself, I play maybe 10 minutes at a time and then I quit. <laughs> Yeah. And that's me because I actually invested in building, you know, a retro system out of Raspberry Pi. So, and even it kind of remains the same between systems. See, I, I think that to a lot of people that um, would want to, you know, play like a 360 game already have a 360 still. So they're just going to probably play it on, on, the, on their 360. I mean, mm, that's why? interesting. Why? But and the list of games that are available, like some of those games are like board games and like stuff that like people just aren't going to want to necessarily play. It's a pretty big list, though. It's a big mm. list. I'm, I'm not saying it's not, but I mean, there's there's like arcade uh, Xbox arcade titles on there. There's like Genesis titles on there, like. That, you know, this is like the fourth system that they've you know, been ported to. I mean, so I, I get what they're saying. And, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't look good. And I agree, like, it's it's used way less than, like, you know, the people that scream that they want it would have you to believe it's going to be used. But, I mean, you're talking about, like, a small percentage of titles from the 360s library being available. And then a percentage of those titles being stuff that, like, you've probably never even wanted to play. You know, I mean, I, well, that's I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like, how many how many Xbox 360 titles are like people are really wanting to like revisit today? Like, yeah, like and PlayStation what? Four has that advantage of like the PS3 and PS4. Like, they have that advantage of having a bunch of like obscure RPGs, which are like mm-hmm. more often the kind of games people want to revisit than like, man, I really want to go replay Halo Two. Oh wait, I can just buy the remastered version for Xbox <laughs> One anyways. Who yeah, cares, well, like... well, and actually, and you know, you bring up, you remind me of something when you mentioned Halo Two. A lot of the you know big titles on that list, compatibility, they're mostly known for their multiplayer aspect. Who is yeah, dragging something it. on their desk? Stop it! Not me. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not even on a desk, so. That's Lance, the bastard. So, um, <laughs> you know, if. if if, if these are like multiplayer titles that came out, you know, like 10 years ago, there's not going to be a bunch of people playing online either. So it's going to be hard to play them too. Because I mean, there's a lot of multiplayer titles on, well, their, on their compatibility list. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, you bring up an, an interesting point, something I want to capitalize on real quick. So the, the fact that most people don't use the backwards compatibility, that in itself isn't <clears throat> bad per se. Um, that's not why I, I said the numbers are bad because it's still a selling point for Microsoft and people like the idea of it. Um, I think they're in trouble because you look at the games that are being played 
And those games are not, the majority of them are not exclusive games to Xbox, right? So the number one played game, and when I say number one, I mean the, the game that people spent the most time playing was Battlefield 1, uh, followed by, I'm just going to name like the top five, uh, FIFA 17, Grand Theft Auto 5, NBA 2K17, uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and uh, Madden NFL 17. And from there, we keep going until towards the bottom, we can like fourth one from the bottom in terms of the top 20 is Forza. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Gears of War is uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th on the list. That's really, really bad in my opinion because what's to stop someone from getting the exact same games on PlayStation, right? Right. And if PlayStation opens up their wallet a little bit, as they did in the past with, for example, Destiny, and they were getting exclusive Destiny content, um, if they can get some exclusive content for the next Red Dead Redemption or, or the next Battlefield or FIFA or anything else, that's going to motivate even more people to switch over. Um, but well, I mean, what was what was what was your take on it, guys? Do you feel like uh, I'm I'm being overly negative here, or you know? No, I, I mean, there's definitely truth to it because even um, you know Sony was talking about how like they're backwards compatibility isn't really used as much as you would expect it to be. So, I, I, I mean, <laughs> something that I found really weird was that Microsoft Edge usage was higher than, uh, and I know this is a little off topic, but it was higher than usage for like their live TV interface thing. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, really? People are using like the, the, the web browser on the Xbox the shitty, One more? Yeah, the yeah. shitty console built-in web browser. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I thought that that was interesting, but. I, 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 mean, I, wish I think was... edge usage is only that high because you can't download Chrome or Firefox on an Xbox One. Like, <laughs> I wish there was a way to see like how many hours the games that are currently backwards compatible for the um, Xbox One, how uh, how many hours those games are being played on the 360. You know, because then you'd right. have a better idea of like, okay, are people just playing the on on their 360, or do they just really not want to do it on the Xbox One? Um, yeah. I mean. If you look at it, most of the games are, are the most backwards compatible games that are played is Call of Duty, Black Ops, Skate 3, Mass Effect 3, Halo Reach, Call of Duty, uh, World at War, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Those are the top six or five. One, people two. people playing Mass Effect 3 just trying to forget that Andromeda exists. Yeah. So, I mean, those are, you know, those are all good games. Those are all well-reviewed games. I'm sure they all those games saw a, a bump usage when the backwards really came out. So when when Microsoft announced, oh, now you can play Red Dead Redemption, I'm sure the usage numbers went up. Because these numbers are captured during a specific time frame between September 2016 and February 2017. So I, w I wonder if they'll even bother with backwards compatibility in the next system. Yeah. No, why bother? I don't. I, I don't see it. I doubt yeah. they will. I think only if there's a money involved, which you know, as long as they pay first time, it's a kind of a maybe. Uh, I don't even know about that. We'll mm -hmm. see. Um, but so going into E3, right? We know that the big news, that the big reveal, even though it's not really a reveal because we all know about it at this point, is going to be Scorpio, right? right. So yep. uh, and along with Scorpio. There's a couple of pieces of information that we know. The first is that Xbox will not be doing any virtual reality reveals at E3, which is, I think, very surprising. Um, because you you would think they would do like a one-two punch that they would that they would bring out Scorpio and then highlight how it's so powerful it can do, you know, VR better than PlayStation, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they've already said that's not going to happen, period. Um, and obviously, we're going to get the, um, the uh, which we'll call the price point for it. The, obviously, the PS this Pro is $100. The, the PS Pro is $100 more than the baseline PlayStation. Do you think that the Scorpio is only going to be $100 more than the baseline Xbox One? I, I, I don't. I don't think they have a choice. 
Yeah, I think I, I think they have to match. I don't think they have a choice if they want to be competitive. But I also don't think it's going to be only a hundred dollars more. I think they're going to way overprice it, just like they did with the Xbox One. It's going to sell like garbage, and then they're going to have to do like an emergency price drop. Mm-hmm. I don't think Microsoft has learned their lesson, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, as far as the VR thing, it means one of two things. It means either their VR isn't ready yet, or they like really just aren't going in on VR for the Scorpio. I recall, I think it was last year, year before, there was like an AR kind of thing that they were doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, so, the like Microsoft Glass thing or whatever. The yeah, the Microsoft Glass. So yeah, that's kind of a big maybe. No news about yeah. it, but that's a maybe. You know, like yeah. the fact that they're not announcing any VR stuff. If you're if you're even just a casual gamer or whatever, and you see that like they're the ones not coming out with any VR stuff, not even announcing anything. I mean, it, it just really gives you the impression that Microsoft is behind the ball. And then if they price Scorpio, you know, let's say one hundred fifty or two hundred dollars more, you know, than the PS4 Pro. I, I I mean, like it just it's, it just sends like a really weird message, you, you, you know, to consumers like like that they're just incredibly out of touch what's going on i would think that they're not going to like both overprice scorpio and not release any vr stuff i would hope so but i kind of agree with jay i I really think that they're going to overprice this thing because they're gonna they're gonna tout it as the latest and greatest but as we were talking about a little bit before the show i don't think most people can tell between like a 25 40 resolution and the 4k resolution I, just, I don't think they can do it. Um, you you need a really big screen and someone who you know I don't know watches a lot of video and even then you'd need to show it in something that's like CGI based, whereas mm-hmm. you know or maybe like a nature documentary where you're looking at like an animal that's like super furry and you can see every little hair. But if we're just doing let's say a drama show like House of Cards and someone is watching it in 1080 and I'm watching it in 4K. I don't think there's going to be any difference at all. But well, let me ask you. On my 4K TV, I will definitely be able to see Kevin Spacey's jowls move like Wonderful. a few frames faster than yours. So <laughs> worth maybe, you know, work totally worth cost of <laughs> <laughs> Let me Let me put it to you guys like this. What does Microsoft need to do? Because it, it seems to me that Obviously, at this point, the PlayStation is outselling them what appears to be three to one. PlayStation is... So here's... All right, go. So yeah, they're outselling them, whatever. The, what Microsoft needs to do is they need to uh, just take a take a little leaf out of Nintendo's book and realize that really all you need is one game that anyone gives a shit about, and then your console will sell and make you enough money. Like, that's honestly... And they need to price it, like you said, $100 more than the Xbox One. That's all they need to do. And they need so, to give us one game that people actually give a shit about that is Xbox exclusive. What do you think that game will be? Because obviously we know that Red Dead Redemption has I don't think there's going to be one. Oh, you don't think there's Is Red Dead Redemption uh, Xbox One exclusive? I thought that was going to have for PS4 also. What's, yeah, Crackdown? Crackdown. Crackdown, okay. Is that is that system is that a system seller? Is Crackdown I don't like, know. does that have the same name recognition as Zelda? I don't think it does. No. I don't think it does. Not not. <laughs> I'm just No, it's but I'm yeah. saying like I I don't think there's gonna be one and I don't know what that game would even be. Like because it's definitely not gonna be Halo Six, so and that seems like the only actual like Microsoft first party IP that exists mm-hmm. that people get right, like so- really hyped about. They've played the Halo card. They've played the Gears of War card. They've played the Forza card. Um, what else and do Forza they have? Forza is not. Let's let's be clear. Forza is not a system seller either. Like Forza is a great game, and it's really it's like. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to come up with like first party kind of yeah. dealing. Those are kind content. of like the big three. Yeah. Uh, unlikely, but Destiny. Yeah, it's two. their big three, and like I don't know. No way. Know. They're in a rough spot. Not, it's impossible. Yeah, it's not. Because <laughs> we are very unlikely. For a bunch of reasons, it's impossible that yeah. I'm going to go into. What else do they have? That that I mean, I'm I'm thinking exactly like you, Jay, and I'm racking my brains and thinking uh, they had that other game, Scalebound, that was canceled. Mm-hmm. Canceled. What's left? I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know what <clears throat> they could do. The the other game that they had that was exclusive. Remember the girl with the robot helpers. Um, you guys remember what I'm talking about? The was one it, that was, was that made by the Mega Man Dead? No. Uh, 
No, no. Um, it's going to bother me until I come up with it. Uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank as well. But yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I don't. Are you there? Yeah, I think we just cut out. Recore. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, Recore, mm-hmm. yeah. Recore didn't mm-hmm. do well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That game was, you know, I don't want to say panned, but um, it, it wasn't successful. Hey, you know what would have been great? Uh, a one-two punch uh, with the announced Scorpio and VR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. <laughs> If they had but, done that, but man, I, I don't, I don't know what they can, what they can do. I mean, it, it feels like after E three, they're going to, to the average consumer feel like they're so behind the eight ball that there's no point in getting and in investing in Microsoft hardware. Hmm. I that's that's kind of what I feel like. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yep. Sorry, Microsoft Windows ten decided that that was a really good time for <laughs> you. Were, you were starting to say some shit, and they were like, "Not this time, Jay Rich." Yeah, I know. Microsoft fucking hurt me, and they were like, "No, <laughs> no, no thank you, sir." <laughs> but what you were, we were, um, uh, you were talking about Microsoft. So, what do you do? You remember what your thought was, or you lost it? No, that's. I was just. Um, I was saying that. Yeah, like realistically i think they're it's like it's almost checkmate for microsoft right now right like mm-hmm. which is can, weird right what can they actually bring to the table we're we're so we're in the middle of a hardware cycle right we're pretty much mm-hmm. dead in the middle we're about 4 years in this is supposed to be a hardware yeah. refresh for them it's supposed to be a big shining moment for them and you know, that's the thing, right? They have to end process, and I don't know what they could do. It's it's going to be really, really difficult. Microsoft is going to have to pull out the checkbook. I'm sure we're going to see, for example, Sea of Thieves, right? That's probably going to be highlighted by Rare. I don't think anyone gives a fuck about Sea yeah. of Thieves. I'm sorry, Sea of Thieves. You yeah. seem nice. You seem like a cool dude. I don't, I'm don't. i not interested in playing games. Cares. Yeah. At, at all. Zero. I could not care less. Um, so they're they're in a very rough spot. Um, and they're going to have to really pull out the checkbook and <laughs> hire someone, someone big. And the thing is, like, we know for a fact Kojima's working with Sony, so they can't hire Kojima. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't, I, I can't think of Cliff, Bazink, Cliff, uh, Cliffy B is working on a game, Lawbreakers. That's going to be coming out to multiple systems. Who yeah. is a big name developer right now? That. So the real question is, like, was Microsoft just counting on Nintendo going under after the Switch? They were like, this thing's going to fail, and we're just going to hire everyone from Nintendo, and then we'll buy up all their IP, and then it will be Nintendo. And then they were like, oh, shit, people are still dumb enough to buy the Switch. God damn it. <laughs> That's a really fun. interesting now, theory. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's true for involved. Like, I don't think Microsoft would go with no plan B aside from, like, Epic. Maybe Nintendo should fail after you know, <laughs> almost a hundred years of being like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think Nintendo is surprised with how well they're doing. Um, I'm seeing some mixed reviews yeah, about arms. Some people are saying like it's amazing. Other people saying like, eh, it's all right. So about, about what arms? Oh. Mm. Oh. So all the all the arms reviews are starting to drop, and it's the next like exclusive game. So, mm. but let's talk about before we talk about Nintendo. Let's hey, talk cool. about. Hmm? A game that's getting at like, hey, it's really good, or hey, it's all right. That exclusive game is better than not having an exclusive game at E3. So I agree. I agree. So I'm I'm super excited about the the Microsoft E3 presentation. I mean, I'm excited because like I want to be impressed. I want to see what they have up their sleeve. But at the same time, and and the thing is, like they're they're backed into a corner. So I I feel like they are gonna have to they are gonna do something impressive. But you know, if they come out and they say the Scorpio just five ninety nine, that's it, done, game <laughs> over, game over, done, done. Doesn't matter what else comes after that sentence. I mean, that they're, like, they're going to announce it's backwards. The Scorpio is backwards compatible with the Philips CDI. Yeah, uh, I mean, they could, then, they could, yeah. they could say that they the console gives it. you hand jobs. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> not, not going to sell. Done. Just done. 
but let's let's talk about Sony. So this is obviously Sony's E3 to lose. And I don't think they're going to do it. Sony's been really fucking brilliant the past couple of years. Um, All they have to do is uh, uh, throw in more uh, teasers for uh, a Final Fantasy VII Remake. And that's just going to... Yeah. So they've got Final Fantasy, Gears of War. I'm sure we're going to see more. Not Gears of War. God of War. Sorry. Uh, we're going to see more God of War. We're going to see more Final Fantasy. Um, we're going to see Destiny 2. I am positive that they are going to have a Destiny 2 exclusive thing going mm -hmm. on because it worked really well for them um, with you know the first Destiny. So we're going to see that. There's no question. They're going to highlight the PlayStation VR because that mm -hmm. thing is selling uh, really well, better than the other VR units because it's cheaper and because most people have more people have a PlayStation in the home. They they are on pace to outsell the PS2. That's how well mm -hmm. the PlayStation 4 is doing. Which is, um, which is crazy, exactly. And one of the things they said is they're not threatened by the Switch. They're like, most people are gonna have both in their homes, basically the argument they were making. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna shut up now and give you guys a, you know, a little chance to talk here. What do you think Sony needs to do? Do they need to just show up basically? Or what are you expecting from Sony at, at E3? I think they may just, like I said, they're going to throw a bone for Final Fantasy VII. They may throw a bone for Death Stranding. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do the show we'll on the We'll get some new goddamn fucked up weird trailer for Death Stranding. And right. We'll applaud. He, Kojima did yeah. announce that he's Kojima. not going to show any gameplay though. He said that. Oh, yeah. No, it'll just be another weird-ass trailer. Yeah. And yeah, there's another trailer with all these, like, fake-outs and stuff. Right. Because you know, yeah, that's just, what like, does. Yeah, it'll, just be, it'll be just a, a trailer of CGI Guillermo del Toro, like, arm-wrestling CGI naked <laughs> over this. <laughs> and, like, Matt Mickelson will show up at the end, and it'll just be, like, Kojima's best friend society in the video game. Like, and that's all it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. Bitch. Pretty much. Yeah. Um... Anything else that you guys are I, expecting? I, I, I think you're right, though. I, I'm not expecting too much and because they don't really have to do much. They don't. You know, they're, yeah. they're firing on all cylinders. Like, if I was them and I had something in the works, I almost would not even bother talking about it. You know, wait and see what Microsoft's going to do. And then if you feel like you need to have something to respond with, you've got something. The interesting thing to me is that in all the years that I've been following E3, or at least for easily the last five, Sony has always gone after Microsoft. And I always think it's funny that Microsoft never tries to change that because whatever Microsoft says on Sunday, doesn't matter what it is, Sony is going to poke fun at it or, or show how dumb whatever it was they just said was the next day, every single <laughs> time. And I don't know why they've never turned the tables on them. I always thought that was rather strange. Well, Microsoft better not make this the year to do to try that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I want to say I'd, be, I'd like to I'd echo both of those guys, though, about as far as, like, what Sony has to do. They don't really have to do anything. They just show up, give us a little more God of War, give us a little bit of Final Fantasy, give us maybe a, something about Death Stranding, and then that's it. Like, maybe show what some new VR thing that's coming out for Sony VR, like... Yeah, I'm expecting some it. VR stuff as well. And they're just going to highlight, they're going to be like, listen, they're they're going to make fun of the price point of Scorpio and say, you don't need to spend blah, blah, blah. Look at all these fucking fun games we have. That's what we all care about. This is the games at the end of the day. And then they're going to encourage you to buy a Switch. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh my God, that would be such a troll. Um, but I'm glad that you mentioned that. Let's talk about Nintendo. So Nintendo doesn't have a traditional presence anymore at E3. They don't do a presentation. Um, they, because, of they, course, they don't. Yes, of course, they don't. They do have a space on the show floor, and they usually do a, a you know a treehouse event where they do their own live stream, but that's separate from the conference. Um, yeah. So what do you think Nintendo is going to be doing here? Because uh, they it's still... Gonna be just a, it's going to be a two-hour-long live stream where they just explain that stupid goddamn headset. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> oh. A two-hour oh. live stream of them showing how it works so people understand yeah. it. So Jay is is referring to the uh, headset for Splatoon 2. The dumbest 2. thing that anyone's ever released for a console. Like, which, 
Yeah, you will have to connect it to your oh, telephone shit. because uh, Nintendo is doing its voice stream service through your telephone, not through their console because they don't know how the internet at all. Damn. Yes, dude. Um, when I when I so I I bought a Switch a couple months ago and like the console, like it just drives me nuts. Like the hardware, like just simple design decisions, like not having a headphone jack, like in the controller, like because here's the thing. So I I bought the Switch right, and literally like a week after I bought a 3DO. And the 3DO controllers have a headphone jack in them. That's crazy. I'm just, I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, everyone else. No, uh, the the PS3 had a headphone jack. If I almost positive had a headphone jack. PS4 has one. PS4 has yeah, one. Sure. For, uh, Xbox. I mean, it's not rocket it's science. 2017. Yeah. Like that kind of leaving that out is unforgivable. Yeah. Right. right. The fact that you have to connect this device to both the con- – you have to connect the headphones. Uh, I'm sure Lance is showing this picture. They have to connect the device through a um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? The There's like a little weird adapter thing it looked like. Yeah, adapter. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, what's the other word for adapter? Uh, dongle. You have this funky-ass dongle that you have to connect to both the telephone and the system and the headset to make it even work. Is it's 2017, as you said. It's mm-hmm. craziness. And, and you know, here's you know, you know, here's how you can tell that they fucked up this headset. They needed to release a diagram to explain to people how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's the whole thing. Like, if you release a piece of hardware in 2017 that you have to have, like, supplemental reading material for, especially <laughs> if it's something that's as universal as a goddamn headset, like... Right. What the fuck? And, and you know, Hori like didn't want to do it that way. No, like, of course it, it, not. It was like they had no fucking choice. You know, like can you imagine yeah, you're like you, you work at Hori and you're like, what? Yeah, you want us to to stick to this? Where? What? Awful. Like, do you think it was like Nintendo like approached them and was like, hey, great, you know, we'll give you this the licensing right to this blah blah. And they're like, great. And they signed the contract and they're like, all right, so. uh here, here we go. Nintendo's like, oh, by the way, we don't have a uh, a port that you can we, use. We, we don't have a jack. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> figure, out, figure out how to do that with that. You just make a dongle that looks like a little house. Uh-huh. They're like, no, don't worry, though. There's going to be an app that you can download on a phone for it. So just, you know, phones already use headsets. So just do that. Like, <laughs> Right. Just terrible. So what, 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 I, what I've done whenever, when, it. whenever I – I don't use the Switch like as a portable console, so whenever I wanted to like have headphones on while using it, I just have I bought, I have bought like a six foot long like you know extender for Amazon for like a three and a half like millimeter connection, and then I have that hooked into the the Switch. Wow, that's it's dumb. dumb. It's so dumb. dumb. Speaking of dumb, let's talk really briefly about their internet, uh, not their internet, but their online gaming platform, which they also have revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the one hand, this is cheap. Right. That's and that's I think it's gonna be its biggest selling point. It's gonna be twenty dollars for a year. Uh so not expensive. And they've Which decided is, what, a third of the price? A third of the price yeah. of uh gold and and uh whatchamacallit, PS plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and someone finally convinced them that you know, letting you keep the ROM for only a month and then taking it away was a bad idea. So you get to keep the ROM now. Congratulations. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think so, that's probably. I think Nintendo is probably ahead of as far as you know the whole nostalgia back with compatibility controversy. I think that's probably the better choice. Right. Subscriptions and stuff, you know, putting them on 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 their your marketplace. On on the flip side, I'm going to say this: they've they've pushed it back. So it was supposed to come out a little bit later this year. They've they've now uh, you know said that's not happening. It's going to come out in 2018 because we need more time because we don't know how the internet. It's still scary and frightening to us, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I would. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this thing out to you guys. So, twenty bucks, but you're getting NES ROMs. They still haven't even confirmed SNES ROMs. Just NES. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're paying three dollars more for the other systems, but you're also getting AAA titles. You know, on a fairly regular basis, not every month, but. Still fairly regular basis. Games that have come out within the last year or two or three. Do you think, which do you think is the better deal? ROMs for $20 for the NES or AAA titles for three times the amount? Because I I think it's an interesting question. I think going back to the nostalgia thing, um, 
I think it makes sense for Nintendo to do a subscription service as people are going to play like 10 minutes at a time because, you know, they're getting more than than whatever, whatever, uh, sorry, uh, basically whatever uh, Microsoft's charging on their market. Um, right. I think, it, you know, it's, I think it's still a better deal as far as Nintendo is concerned. I, I think the big question is how many games are going to be available at the on, at the at the uh, onset, right? Are they just going to have like five NES ROMs, or are they just going to open up the doors and give us, let's say, fifty? Because if they give us fifty, if they just give us like the NES Classic Library from the get-go, then I think it's a better deal. Oh yeah. Whereas if I'm, you know, if they're going to be slow about it and just do one ROM a month, then I have a problem with that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert for what we're gonna be talking about in a year. Okay, ready? <laughs> this is the story that's gonna come out in a year from now. It's gonna be uh, a study is gonna be done probably by Ars Technica that shows that uh, all of the games that Nintendo has offered on this thing are all of the lowest selling, all the expensive ones are still just on their virtual console. <laughs> I believe it. I believe right. it. I don't know. I, I I think the price is is good. I think it's fair. You know, like one thing about their price point is that even if like they only you know release like a few titles a month, you're almost not gonna like feel like you're ripped off in the sense that like man, sometimes like when you see like the games that come out for like uh, PS Plus or like, games with gold, you're like, oh, these games suck, you know. Mm -hmm. And then and, and then you you gotta wait till the next month, but and you're paying it well, you know, three times the amount. Whereas you know with Nintendo's price point, it's like. Okay, well, whatever. I'll wait till next month. It's only like you know twenty bucks for the year, right? That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. The twenty the twenty dollars is a really smart price point, like because that's yeah twenty dollars for an entire year. You're not going to remember when it reaps. Like mm, it's yeah. gonna be one of those things, right? Right. Like, right. You're not even gonna remember what, like oh twenty dollars came out of my account. Okay, that's fine. Like I think if Nintendo is gonna do like like you mentioned you hell if they do like five games a month five roms a month that's going to be a much stronger argument for their on on their yeah. end and if they can open it up and even do like i know this is going to sound crazy but if they do n64 roms that would just be like it's insane to me that they're not it it's insane crazy. to me that they haven't already announced that through gamecube roms honestly yeah. like it's insane to me that they haven't done that. Like, just like they should have. Yeah, no, just they should have announced that from the onset. Like, any through GameCube, like that's where they're going to be pulling from. I think that's how they're going to be successful, and I think they are starting to realize that yeah. they need to dig into the library a little deeper and open the doors a little bit wider. Um, is going to lead to success. Um, so that, I'm, no, I'm, I think, I'm optimistic. Uh, one of my predictions on that note is uh, probably something about uh, the SNES Classic Mini. Oh, yeah. That, without question. Absolutely. Exactly. They would be complete and utter morons to not do it. I mean, mm -hmm. they would just be like... And if, they have even, if they have even one bombshell for that one, like, we got the rights back to Super Mario RPG. Like, if they have that, I would say that Nintendo has a real chance of, like, competing with this year's E3. Like... Right. I, I mean, they're not going to win it, but they're clearly, you know, starting to recover from the slump. I will say that. Yeah. I think that's evident that that's happening. I don't know, man. If Sony really shits the bed, like, you can never sleep on Nintendo. Like, sometimes they do have, like, big bombshell announcements that are, like, crazy. Right. I, I think we are going to see a lot more of the Mario game, the new Mario game that's set in the real world. Odyssey. Or, <laughs> Odyssey, yeah. It's still really creepy, by the way. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot more really of that. Selling. Um, and hopefully we'll see some uh, some other games that are not first party. I think that's going to be a really key turning point for them because almost everything that we've seen thus far is either a port or first party. If they can show off some third party stuff uh, at E3, that's going to be a huge huge win for them. That's gonna that's gonna bring a lot of uh gamers like myself who are still like unsure and not completely comfortable with things that's gonna definitely push me towards the buy category for them yeah. so I, wonder, I still i also wonder if a skyrim for the switch is still on the table yeah isn't isn't doesn't that have a release date um i don't recall like how could you not be able to release skyrim already like yeah 
should be it should have been like day one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I'm look. I'm. They asked me for an age verification on Skyrim. That's great. <laughs> um, fall 2017. That's, All right. Why is it taking so long? I don't, I'm, hmm. I'm, I don't understand. This should be oh whatever. Anyway, doesn't matter. That's everything with the switch, man. That's <laughs> everything about yeah. it feels like it's half-assed, half done, rushed, and 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 yet they're still somehow being successful, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, uh, the last two that that I remember is, of course, Breath of the Wild and the new Mario Kart, which have been do- been paying dividends for Nintendo and the Switch. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. I mean, like Breath of the Wild would have been a huge smash success on the Wii U as well. I think more people mm-hmm. would have bought the Wii yeah. U to play it, but it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's an amazing game. So, yeah. Um, all right. Last chance to throw out any E3 predictions that we haven't covered before I, I, I uh, finish up with our last, our singular what the fuck story for the week. It's kind of funny. More wish list. Like uh, on the PC side, I do want to hear more about Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, it's a long shot. I do want to hear more about Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Uh, it's very unlikely, but I just want that. <laughs> want want to throw a bone at me. Uh, also, another thing, a w- big wish list is going to be playable. Bannerlord is supposed to be playable this year at E3. Supposedly, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. If if the if you are hearing my voice and you've never played Mountain Blade on the PC. Um, there is a GOG sale happening right now for the next two weeks. I'm sure the game's going to be like $5. Right. Get it. Of all those, I recommend Warband the most. I think that has the most uh, uh, support. I think most of the DLC is is from Warband. Yeah. Also, uh, the big mod, mod community, if you get bored of Medieval, you can do any any number of eras. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. So definitely Dark check Horse that prediction. Out. Dark Horse prediction, another Red Dead. Uh Another Red Dead delay gets announced in E3. A second one? It's already been delayed. Yeah, yeah second one. Dark, uh, like I said, Dark Horse prediction. Okay. Dark Horse. Dark Horse prediction. Yeah, yeah hell. Yeah, the Dark Horse. We'll... If if Ubisoft, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, if if they want to take a risk, maybe Beyond Good and Evil Two. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Now that that would yeah. be that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So before I read about Microsoft not doing any announcing any VR stuff, that's what I was predicting. I'm going to go with Microsoft is just going to bow out and they're not going to even uh, release Scorpio. They're just done with candy. That's my, uh, my <laughs> no, this is a waste of money for us. So, yeah, yeah. That's Congratulations, Tony. <laughs> Microsoft just gets up on stage and just is like, we're done and just drops the mic and leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's kind of flip everyone off first and then leave. They, they, just, they, they really go off base and release like a, like a game on Windows 95 or something. You know, something real crazy. Ooh, yeah, I'm down with that. I would love to see them release a Microsoft simulator, like try to run Microsoft yourself. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That would be so good, have, right? Yeah. It's like I'd probably throw away my whole software piracy box if I could do that. So so the goal is to like mismanage your company and your resources in that game, I guess. Like try like like you think you could do better than us guys? Here you go. Here's a game version of our lives. I would love to see that. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I don't really have too many Dark Horse predictions because you guys have done a lot of the legwork for me. Um, I do think that they're going to talk about a... They've mentioned it briefly in the news, but we're going to we're gonna hear another Final Fantasy delay for sure, for 7, mm-hmm. 100%. Because I read an article saying, this is a week or two ago, that they're bringing the work in-house. They were contracting with CyberConnect, uh, which does a lot of stuff. But... Um, they're bringing it in house, so that means it's going to be like another three years before we see Final Fantasy. I'm sure. Wow. So, mm-hmm. I expect I expect to hear that. Uh, but let's yeah, talk about the fuck. one and only what the fuck story we have for you uh, this week. This is pretty funny. A Vietnamese skincare company revealed their new logo, and it was the Resident Evil umbrella logo. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, promotional like stock footage they released with people standing next to the logo and looking so scientific and oh and, and and they said that like in in their little press release about it like oh we understand that our logo looks similar apparently <laughs> it's the same goddamn logo like like yeah, I, we, it, yeah. 
when I went to go look at the picture, I just thought it was going to look, I don't know, maybe be like a cross with like red and white, red and white, red, you know, whatever. No, it's the same damn logo. Like yeah. they, they, they looked up the PNG, you know, and they like <laughs> blew it up into a poster. Like it's ridiculous. They, they really should have embraced it, but they actually took the logo down and they've since posted on Facebook saying that um, basically they, they said that they hired a third party uh, to do the work for them. And they're like, you know, uh, logos and, and, you know, clients and logo design is completely out of our specialty. You know, we were, we we're just, we're just a skincare company. We're just skincare guys. people. <laughs> you don't know about this stuff. And so they're, they said. I saw that, a note that it's, that it's, uh, I saw the note that it's still on their site, like everywhere. Oh, is it? My, my understanding yeah, is they, that they're like working on, on the new logo, supposedly that they'll reveal, but we'll see. Wow. Like, I, I was wondering what's going through their contractor's mind. Is it like, are they Resident Evil fans or something? I don't know, man. I, I think it was just probably someone's nephew. And they were like, can you give us a logo? And he was like, uh, here you go. I'll take that five yeah, thousand dollars now. Troll. Or whatever it was. Yeah. I, I just love how they were like, they said like, oh, we're very surprised about the reaction to the logo. <laughs> you know, we understand it. And they said something real weird like, like that they're investigating it or monitoring the situation. I'm like, they should just embrace it, man. They should just fucking like have the people look kind of evil standing in front of the logo as if they're plotting stuff. I, I think they would see business go through the roof. They, okay. So what they were, I pulled up their statement and that we are working to quickly provide appropriate answers to our clients. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> What questions could they could have, number one? And number two, what answers would you give them? Am I going to be a zombie? I think that would be my first question. Like, <laughs> what is my likelihood of survival after using your uh, facility? Is Mila Jojovich here? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I pulled up their site, and uh, it is still there in the corner. So Yeah, they took it off Facebook, but it seems to be up everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you guys the link mm -hmm. if you want to peruse it later. Um, unfortunately, I know we're a little strapped for time and, and people need to go. So we are going to end this one a little quickly, but I do want to say if you have any E3 predictions, uh, hit us up. And if someone is, you know, right, if someone gets it right, uh, something that we haven't mentioned, something else, maybe we'll have a prize for you. So tweet at us at Pack Podcast or just comment um, below. Uh, otherwise, just give us a thumbs up or a like or tweet at us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and don't forget the live stream Sunday at 5 p.m. EST for Microsoft, 9 p.m. EST for Sony on the on the Monday after. All right. Uh, until next time, I have been your host, Michael Schluger. I'm Jay Rich. I'm Jahel. Sure, is he? Have a great week of gaming. Put your like keys for us. We will see you in just a couple of days. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble! Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.